You are listening to Pullin' Weeds, the official podcast of the Carolinas Golf Course Superintendents Association. Brought to you by Simplot, a forward-thinking company committed to bringing next-level innovation and solutions to turf managers from coast to coast. Here are your hosts, Alan Knight and Tim Krieger. Hey guys, welcome to Pulling Weeds, the official podcast of the Carolinas Golf Course Superintendent Association. My name is Alan Knight. I am joined by Tim Krieger. How are you, Tim? Doing well today, Alan. How about yourself, man? I am doing well. I'm excited to be here. I'm a little nervous, but i uh looking forward to it. I can't tell you how excited I am about this. We've been talking about this for months, so to get this thing rolling, to get it out there, uh, let's do this. Yep, and I guess the first thing we need to do is tell our listeners, why are we here? What are we doing? Do you know what we're doing here? Um, yeah, I, I, in short, um, the Carolinas is who they are. I uh, feel like that there's some things going on in the world that we're not necessarily maybe caught up to and that we could be doing. And I think a podcast falls right in line with that. And so uh, we had a little vision from some, some of our leaders last year that said, hey, let's do a podcast. And um, that's when we were able to source uh, yourself, actually, and start moving forward with kind of an individual concept that uh we've been building on i'm excited i i guess probably what i'm going to bring is the average joe golfer mindset to it and i'm i intend on learning a bunch from the superintendents and what you guys do i have a good idea what you do i've worked with y'all before but i may ask some dumb questions like why do you punch holes in the greens you know oh i think that's great and i think that part of the reason that we're doing this at least from my perspective is that we want to get the technical aspect of what golf course superintendents do on a daily basis out there to the average golfer uh, you know we were hoping that the podcast can to get the reach of your everyday average golfer um and not just the golf course superintendents in our continued network it seems like we have a closed circuit network where we just promote and talk to each other and you know add a little bit of humor into this and yep. throw a little bit of a sponsor flair and then couple interviews at it and i think we're gonna have something here i agree and i've had the pleasure of working with you guys through the south carolina golf association and south carolina junior golf association working with a bunch of your members at the courses when i was running a tournament obviously we would work hand in hand on the preparation and everything you know it's always a challenge to you show up and mother nature will surprise you so uh and then i've worked individually with you on the media side at your conference show and some other things here and there but Look forward to doing this with you. I'm excited. What can they expect from the show? What are we going to – we should inform them, give them some humor. Um, well, I think along with the podcast, eh, maybe a couple offshoots, maybe Big Al's Emporium, uh, maybe a member profile. Um, yeah. You know, I think what we really want to do is we want to educate everybody around the country as to who the Carolinas is specifically, the services that we provide to our members, and then, like I said – Throw some humor, some banter back and forth like you and I have been doing for almost two decades now in the golf business that we've been serving here in the Carolinas. And then also, like I said, take that technical aspect of, like you said, why, why do you punch holes? And the, I mean, I think we got some good answers coming to that already. Yeah, coming up later, uh, Matthew Wharton, we stopped by Carolina Golf Club in Charlotte. Well, let's talk about social media. Okay. And how they can follow us. How can First they follow all, us? Yeah. I asked you, how can they follow us? I know the Facebook page. Do you know the Facebook page? I was hoping you were going to share it with our listeners at this point in time because it is new. It is new, and uh, it is Pulling with an apostrophe and no G, Weeds Podcast on Facebook. Pulling Weeds Podcast. It's important that you use the apostrophe, ladies and gentlemen. The, there is no G. We are in the South. We are Pulling Weeds. I didn't know if it was because we're in the South or a budget. We couldn't afford the G. <laughs> We had G's. We ran out after these microphones and set up here. That's on you. No, um, it's it's because even though we are in the South and we are considered gentlemen and uh, ladies and gentlemen of the game, um, and we have a certain reputation um, depending on where in the South you're from, I just think it's important to emphasize that we do use the apostrophe and that it's not just P-U-L-L-I-N, weeds. Well, Possibly shows a little education along the way. Yep. Okay. After a couple of episodes, um, we're thinking we're going to diversify that a little bit. Maybe throw a little Twitter out there and how we can yeah. engage our users. Yep. There'll be Twitter, and we'll probably do some polls and probably some contests as well for our listeners. Should but we give away some golf balls? Some gutter purchase? We might. Logo gutter purchase. Let's contact Tad Moore 
Oh my gosh! After the show, how can they interact with us like right away? Well, like, what do you think they you should have... do? Go to the Facebook page and like post ideas. Like, who's here? We'd love to hear from so and so this year. We'd love to hear these topics. Well, or... yeah, absolutely. If you have an idea on a topic or something we should cover, something you'd like to hear, or something you didn't like, just well kidding. Said. Going yeah. to cut that. Nope, that'll never make the air. <laughs> Look, should we have the picture of the comment box on the island that's on that one golf course down at the beach that says suggestion box but you can't get to it i haven't seen that but i will definitely actively delete comments i don't <laughs> like so make sure i would like your comment on our facebook page nice okay. and there will be some extra content some things tim and i do that won't necessarily make the air we're gonna do this show once a month and uh but let's get back to social media who do you follow who do you enjoy following let's call them a good follow who's your good follow Let's be honest. Uh-oh. If I didn't have to do social media, I wouldn't. So um, that's why we hired you, Alan. All right. Well, then. So I'll let start me ask you, Alan. Who are yeah. some of your favorite non-golf followers? No, we're going to start with golf. And okay. I'm, start I'm with. I'm going to end with golf. I'll end with non-golf. My favorite, dealing with your business and association, would be Grumpy Super. Grumpy <laughs> Super. And I. Uh, that's funny. I hope I don't get in trouble here. But I believe that my old roommate, Craig Harris, is the actual the guy behind it. No way. <laughs> that would if require technical expertise. If it's not, he was the model for the Grumpy Super. But Correct. I love Craig. Do not get me wrong. I love Craig at Chanticleer. Another good follow is Club Pro Guy. And it took me a little while uh, being a former assistant Club Pro. You know, and I knew the kind of bit. There have been a few Club Pro Twitter handles, but... This dude has gotten some popularity, and he is good. He's clever. He's smart, so he's a good follow. Okay. So by plugging these folks, are you hoping that when they listen to the podcast, they will start following us and promoting our podcast? Not at all. I'm saying if our listeners. These are just your favorites. Yeah, need somebody funny to listen to. I mean, funny to watch on Twitter or follow and, you know, get a giggle out of. That's what it's for. I'm not trying to get any plugs. Sorry, that was my marketing brain working. Keep going, Al. So who are some non-golf ones? NASCAR Chasm. Hard to say. Oh, okay. Do you know NASCAR Chasm? No. Oh, you said, oh, okay, like you knew who it was. Well, no, I just know you're a huge NASCAR fan. I And I figured some of our audience I should have known the diversity would have gone to NASCAR immediately. Well, and uh, there's a handful. But he is very clever and uh, on the cuff and quick. There is stuff that will happen in a race, and I promise you he's got it tweeted like he's had this line waiting, a comedy line waiting for two weeks, to, and he boom, 50 seconds after it's there. And it's a really good follow if you like laughing. Then PGA memes on Instagram. Okay. Now that's a private account, and it's, uh, you know, they say some words on there, but you have to follow them. And I'm telling you, it, it is pretty good. Good follow if you like PGA golf. Gotcha. Gotcha. What about you? I know there's a guy I met at your conference to show, my wife met. Oh, yeah, I had to do the uh, obligatory selfie with uh, Turfbeard. Yes, Turfbeard. Former superintendent going to sales. Good dude. Brian Grill. I got first chance to meet him. He's just – it's the epitome of this industry, right? I mean, in in 11 years of being able to work for the superintendent's profession, what I have found is that there's not a stranger um, and that everybody becomes a friend after the first or second meeting. And, And sometimes you get to know these people through social media now beforehand it was reputation it was job it was whatever position and so it's so unique is is the the welcoming and this brotherhood and the camaraderie and he just embodied it so i wish him all the well in his sales with his new gig cool i didn't realize he was in sales but yeah yeah you know it amazed me my wife said yeah you know we kind of he was across the room and i somebody said him i pulled him up on the the social media and i was amazed at how many he had so you got nobody there's nobody that makes you laugh um, yeah, no, no, it's just, it's mostly industry stuff that I've done that I've picked up and I've followed. We set a policy up when we originally did our social media so that we'd follow members and associations and things of that nature. And so my Twitter account has been solely for the purpose of documenting my travel through work. There's nothing really personal on there. So give us a shout, go to Facebook, let us know some content, some follows, who you think that our building, uh, our pulling weeds page should build towards. Perfect. Let's build our follower based off the uh, the first run here. Let's see who who our our, our loyal listeners are, per se are are going to tell us to get after. I look forward to it. I always look forward to a good follow. Somebody can make me laugh. Give me somebody, somebody funny. All right, Tim. Let's talk about 2018. It's over. It's done. It's in the books. Yeah. So um, I think the theme of 18 was 
weather. Um, I think you just beeped the expletive. But uh, from an association standpoint, uh, we had our first president that ever had every meeting weathered out with the exception of conference and show. So, Rob Daniel, love you. Great idea to come up with a podcast. But um, in terms of you and Mother Nature's relationship when it comes to association meetings, it's probably good we've moved on. Um, the conference and show was the best ever on paper. I think uh, in terms of who showed, in terms of the participation, it was the best that I've ever been involved in in the 12 that I've been a part of. Um, so, all in all, 18, fairly successful from an association standpoint on paper. Uh, I think, unfortunately, the weather challenged our, our guys. There were positions that were challenged. Um, when you went from winter kill to a, uh, as guys say, uh, we had a bent grass summer instead of a Bermuda grass summer, and a lot of Bermuda greens were going in. And then it led to the hurricanes, which the, the flooding. Um, and then we just had this early snow. So it's just 18, bad weather, bad for the, the people at their jobs, but – from the Carolinas' perspective, we're doing all we can to support those folks in their transition. Overall, it was—I mean, the weather was tough. And you had—you had told me at one point about clearing fish off of, yeah, from the storm. I eighty-five in Raleigh. It's forty down there by Wilmington. Yeah, the fire department was using a fire hose to clear fish off the flooded interstate. Certainly, things we'd never seen, and it felt like it was back to back to back, and not giving up. So. Nah, but we're looking forward to a great year with nineteen. We got a new partnership with four two one media here with you, Alan yep. Knight. Um, personal friend as well as a uh, co-worker from years past. So Alan and I are going to get together and help the association build this podcast, Pulling Weeds. We're going to start doing some video member profiles throughout the year um, to highlight some of our guys around the uh, the industry, not only superintendents but also some vendors. Um, I think Alan's going to help us with the social media presence throughout so that we're going to be uh, able to build our brand a little bit better. And then the team in Liberty with the three girls and myself will continue to put on a good product in terms of education keep our lobbyists moving. I think we're going to have some challenges with H2B coming up and uh, in South Carolina in particular with some of the uh, the impoundment issues and dams and things of that nature. So our lobbyists are going to be working hard for us in 19. And, you know, I'm just excited to continue to grow the brand of the association. What are you looking forward to in 19 with your brand new business, four days old? I am looking forward to creating content, honestly, uh, getting out there and meeting people and telling stories. That's what it's about, uh, Capturing the moment, telling the story, and uh, engaging our audience, giving them something to do. I, I hopefully, my vision is you are riding on your piece of equipment, whether it's John Deere or Toro or Jacobson. Jacobson. Yeah, I was coming. Don't think I was going to leave Jacobson out, but you weren't. Friends uh, of TSP, they're doing great things in the Carolinas. Yeah. So whatever piece of equipment you're on, I hope you get a giggle. I hope you learn something, and uh, you know, shoot us, shoot us a message. Let us know what we can do better, and. If you've got if you have an idea a story that needs to be told do not hesitate to contact us uh hit us on the on the facebook page or you can email us uh or on the twitter at, at carolina's gcsa that's correct yeah no i think that's great and uh i think the further we get down the road with this thing the more content like you say that we'll have and hopefully that uh our friendship will blossom in the people that are out there listening wanting to hear exactly where this banter is going to go and yep. they'll get a little sense of humor out of this as we move forward once we get all the uh groundwork laid here we're ready to rock i look forward to hitting the road and meeting people seeing new things i love taking a new road i've never taken and be honest i've always i've been contained to south carolina with the south carolina golf association north carolina here we come 525 more courses let's go Woo. Simplot is a leader in bringing new and innovative technologies to the turf management industry, specializing in fertility and plant protection. Simplot has an extensive line of unique and proprietary products that have a great fit in any management program. Most importantly, Simplot is all in when it comes to your success. Simplot, bringing Earth's resources to life. Now it's time to welcome in our Pullin' Weeds special guest. All right. Welcome in to our inaugural interview here on Pullin' Weeds. Uh, we're here today with Matthew Wharton of Carolina Golf Club. Matthew? Hey, Tim. Great. Thank you for being here, Matthew. I got a question for you. As you just started your presidency, what are you looking forward to the most? What are your goals? Well, I 2019 is going to be a really big year in the Carolinas. Uh, I don't know how many are aware, but 
We're hosting four USGA championships in the Carolinas in wow. 2019. You've got the U.S. Women's Open at the Country Club of Charleston. You've got the U.S. Senior Women's Open at Pine Needles. The U.S. Amateur is at Pinehurst, number two. And the uh, newly renovated number four will be the companion course. And then uh, Brian Powell's hosting the U.S. Senior Amateur at Old Chatham. Man. So four national championships conducted in the, in the great states of North and South Carolina yeah, in 2019. It's going to be a big year. I think it's a testament to you guys at the, uh, at the association of what y'all do and, and bringing the big-time events you know, to the Carolinas. We've always had a good relationship with the USGA, especially with the green section. But, I mean, how many were hosted here last year? Didn't you host one as well, Matthew? We co-hosted the U.S. Mid-Am with Charlotte Country Club. And I want to say there was one other USGA championship in the Carolinas last year, but which one I'm failing to recall off the top of my head, which is a little embarrassing. I wish I knew that. I know, me too. How many um, qualifiers does the uh, Golf Association host down? Well, the SCGA hosts yeah. probably five or six. I mean, you've got one open, a couple amateurs, uh, the Mid-Am, senior amateur. And then the CGA would complement that many as well. So there's probably a dozen Easily. qualifiers yes. within the Carolinas yeah. as well to get into some of these uh, USGA events. Yeah, I mean, I know there's at least three or four U.S. junior qualifiers in the Carolinas. And these would be the local qualifiers, correct? Correct. But some of them you do go straight to the championship, like mid-am qualifying. You, out of 70 yeah. guys, two guys advance. I, I had 15 members of Carolina Golf Club attempt to qualify for last year's U.S. mid-am. Now, they traveled all over the country. We had, we had a guy who went all the way to Kansas. We had a few that went up to New York, one to Minnesota. Um, Brett and Stephen, who qualified for the event, Brett was medalist in Philadelphia. Stephen qualified outside Richmond, Virginia. But there were a few guys that went to Monroe yeah. here in the Carolinas. And I know that there's a high point, uh, Thomasville, I think, Host one of them, uh, Colonial Country Club, I think that's the name of it. Ah. Um, was was a host of of one, and uh, so there were a few guys that went. But you got to go a little separate because if all your members went to one site, then two guys are getting in. So you got to, uh, and and at that age, the mid amateur is a working guy. He's not just your golfer, so he has to go around work and you know whatever fits his schedule. So you had a member do pretty well, didn't you? Yes, Brett Brown made it all the way to the finals. Um, he, he played great. He, he had a heck of a summer, if you will. Yep. I mean, he and Steven were partners in the Anderson, which is a four-ball held annually at Wingfoot. They were runners-up in the Anderson in 2017, got invited back, and they won it in 2018. So that was nice. in early June. Uh, Brett was Charlotte City Amateur Champion in August and then of course was medalist at his qualifier uh, 120 folks in the field outside of Philadelphia and then made a as I like to call it a, a deep run at the mid-am so it was it was a pretty pretty phenomenal fun week well I tell you while we're we're talking tournaments let's just throw right over we've covered the USGA but we got some mainstays here in the Carolinas too that I think you know, maybe we could use this opportunity to give them a little bit of uh, exposure and sorts of pride here. I mean, let's start in the spring. Let's think here. Uh, do we go anybody before the Heritage? I don't think so. No. Yeah, so you got the Heritage at, at Hilton. We got yeah. Jonathan down there. Mm -hmm. Hopefully we'll have Jonathan on later this year as well yeah, as one cool. of our guests. Yeah. And then from there you'd go to the Wells Fargo. Would that be the next one, I'm assuming? I think so, yeah. So Keith Wood so at Keith Well Hollow. Okay. Uh, hosting the Wells Fargo Championship. <laughs> And then would the Rex Hospital come in next? Or is it the BMW Pro-Am? The BMW yeah. Pro-Am. I forgot three about that. Courses three courses up there in, in the Greenville area. Mm -hmm. Not sure where they're going with those three this year. I know it's going to end at Thornblade. Okay, so that's three. You got Randy over at Thornblade. I don't know if they're at Cliffs anymore or not. They do kind of alternate. Furman have been in the rotation too. So. Sure. Right. So what would come after that? That you're probably then looking at, uh, well, you got Chad Cromer at Sedgefield ho hosting the Wyndham in August. Do we have anything between Greensboro? Um, 
Yeah, that's 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 Sedgefield. What takes place between the BMW and that the might Wyndham? be it? And then you've got the seniors at Prescott. Is that the hospital? Or at Prestonwood. Is that I'm the, sorry. Is that yeah. the Rex Hospital? The Rex Hospital open. And then I thought there was one. Didn't they play a SAS championship in Cary? That's the one at Prestonwood. That's the one at Prestonwood. Okay. That's the one. The Rex Hospital is at the TPC course. In, That's correct. Right. Yes. So with, uh, Todd. Yes. Okay. Perfect. So we've got we've got a lot ten, of We've got a lot of professional 11. golf and four major uh, four major championships. Two amateurs and two open professional championships. So to tie that into the association, yeah, there's a lot of volunteer support that goes on out there. I know you guys took some in last year. I know that Keith takes a big group in every year, and so does Jonathan. And there's some mainstays. I know that one of the guys from the SCGA office actually goes down and helps Jonathan a little bit, Kyle Maloney. Um, you know, speaking of Keith, I want to give him a lot of credit. You know, one of the things he's worked really hard to do since he took over at Quail Hollow is reaching out to not just the local, you know, here in Charlotte, the NSTA, North South Turfgrass Association, is the local association for all the Charlotte area golf guys. But, um, you know, Keith has really strived hard to, he wants it to be a, a Carolina's family, if you will. Uh, and um, I know some of, some of his predecessors maybe didn't necessarily share that same mindset. And Keith's worked really hard to, foster and build those relationships and, and welcome and be very inclusive and he, he wants it that way and so I would encourage anyone whether you yourself or members of your staff I always have you know one or two members on my my team volunteer over there the last few years since Keith's been involved that's something I was going to hit on is you as a superintendent you as a superintendent how do you mentor not according to apprentice but your up-and-coming staff and guys who are going to develop into a career well, you know, the funny thing is, Alan, is like um, my role, I've been here 14 years now. Uh, when I came on in 2005, we spent four years doing renovations. We were in the middle of a four-phase master plan renovation. We built two new golf holes. And we took two holes out of play and converted them to a practice facility, uh, built a huge irrigation reservoir, and then renovated the whole golf course. and. You know, so the 10 years post-renovation, my, my role has sort of evolved and, and changed and uh, I've taken on more responsibility both with the club as well as outside, you know, being involved with the uh, Carolina's Board of Directors. Yeah. But um, I like to think of myself more as a little bit of a doer as opposed to a talker. I like to lead by example. Uh, you know, I still, I still do more in setup most of the time nice cut cups etc and um I, I like to just lead by example I, I'd, I'd rather them sort of kind of see what i'm doing and and then pick up on that uh follow by example well exactly that, that's kind of what i'm hoping for yeah. and um but again over the past say five or six years as i've had had uh you know you, earlier you met my assistant Matt Clunch. He's my senior assistant, and uh, Eric Sosnowski is our other assistant. Um, I've had sort of an evolution taking place as as to how much responsibility and you know these guys have a lot more um, autonomy than maybe some of their predecessors did, and that's just because you know things change evolve over time and but it, it's good for them to to grow talk about evolving what is a piece of advice that you would give 21 year old matthew wharton <laughs> 21 year old matthew wharton didn't even know he wanted to be a golf course superintendent <laughs> uh gosh uh, if i could talk to myself then well, there's a lot of things i'd say but work uh, <laughs> work we're talking about work matthew. um Believe in yourself. I'd have to say, Alan is. Um, I probably wasn't the most self-confident person then. Yep. And it wasn't until 
a few years after that when I met a very special lady who believed in me a hell of a lot more than I believed in myself. And uh, so, yeah, if I could go back and tell 21-year-old me something, it would just be to Same here, believe honestly. in yourself. If I could go back and talk to myself when I was 16, you know, you can do what you think you can do. But yeah. So I'm, I got to ask, I'm sitting by this hat, says Weed Science, Virginia Tech. You obviously a Virginia Tech Hokie? I am, uh, in more ways than one. Um, is that what the class is called, though, Weed Science 101? There, at Virginia Tech, you've got the Department of Crop and Soil Environmental Sciences, and then you've got another Department of Plant Pathology and Weed Science. Okay, so that is, weed science is a thing. It's, weed science is a thing. It's not just a funny joke on the... <clears throat> oh, no, no. Okay. No, no, no. But the... For but those the hat, the who hat don't was know, a, Alan's not that agronomically well, the, well, the thing inclined is, here. The, the, the <laughs> hat from, you're referring to was a gift, and the and uh, the logo that's one of the older logos from Virginia Tech. So I can tell that's different. It's so it's kind of a throwback. So when when I received the hat as a gift, my first response was, "Ooh, this is way too nice of a hat to wear." So right. I'm just going to put it on the shelf. Well, looks good. Um, but um, well, I got a question. Going back a couple questions that Alan's run through, if you don't mind. Matt, Claunch. Mm-hmm. So, not only is he, I mean, stepped up as to what you've said in his role here at the club, but he's also going to jump in and help the association this spring as we had kind of tie back into what we talked about for 2019 and up and coming. Right. And he's volunteered his time to help with the, um, the assistance committee with the Carolinas. So... How do you take that as an employer? Is that an empowering thing? You encourage your youngsters to get involved and do those things? Um, is time away something that's going to be challenged for them? Or, or how is that handled here at the club specifically to encourage these guys to grow? I think it's great. I mean, you know, not only is he doing that, but with the local association, the NSTA, uh, a couple of years ago when Daryl Ewing was president, he created uh, what he called an assistance liaison and a vendor liaison. In other words, they, they, they sought out specifically one person from, from each of those two groups to come and I don't necessarily think they're quote unquote voting members of the board, but they attend all those board meetings and Matt's the assistance liaison for the NSTA currently, as well as his role with the Carolinas Association. I think that's great. And then also, I I want all of my assistants. I have um, Hunter Patterson's our AIT, and so all those guys have memberships with the Carolinas and the NSTA. And depending on the event, the time of year, and what we've got going on, um, you know, I'll encourage those guys to. to you know, I can't attend every meeting, but I'd like somebody from Carolina Golf Club to be in attendance if possible. I think that's phenomenal. I think in the Carolinas, that's where we're blessed is when we can get that kind of a philosophy from a club perspective that, you know, at least someone's going to attend. Yeah. Um, and I can tell you with that assistance committee, it's unique here in the Carolinas as well, is that we don't have board participation in that. We have just assistant superintendents running their own committee, writing their own articles, managing the Twitter page. Um, they're going to do some other uh, events this this coming year and it's neat because the last four leaders of that committee have been promoted and to superintendent over the last eight years and so it's been great to watch this thing transition and continue to grow but um I was just kind of thinking is maybe if I interject real quick Alan with this being our inaugural podcast and maybe the hope is that some folks across the country may be listening to this not just here in the Carolinas let's take a second and talk about the local associations and the difference in the Carolinas, maybe per se, and what those are, so that as our listeners come through, they understand what a local association right, is. Right. Well, it's uh, you know it's funny you should mention it um, because if you recall, in 2015 we had an event and we reached out to our good friends and neighbors in Georgia and sort of brought them in to take part in that event and then. To foster some some networking and some camaraderie our boards met and spent time together and I was surprised to learn that their association is not structured the same as ours and so uh, 
here in the Carolinas, we have 13 local associations. And those are local meaning geographically separated, such as we've got a group in Myrtle Beach, we've got a group in the Greensboro area, we've got a group in the Pinehurst area, and Mm. they all kind of fulfill a mapped in area, right? So there you've, you've got local representation and not to cut you off, but I think the difference and the unique point is that they're not directly tied to the GCSAA. There's only one chapter of the Carolinas that represents, uh, if you will, membership in the GCSAA as right. a, as a, and that's us, the Carolinas Golf Course Super. That's who we're talking to today, correct? Right. And then in all those geographies, there's smaller groups: superintendents association, turf grass associations, that are autonomous. They are registered with the Secretary of State in their each individual state, whether it's North or South Carolina. They've got their own autonomous board that's separate, and there is no direction that the Carolinas GCSA chapter can give to those. But what we do is provide administrative support Mm -hmm. for 11 of those out of our office. And so I think the unique thing is there that it allows um, participation on a smaller level. And that's what drives, I think, the education in the Carolinas is that you could have 96 to 108 meetings a year with each local hosting six to eight themselves with education, networking, golf, camaraderie to come with it. And I, I just think that the support of our local associations could be one of the things that drives everybody in the success of our show one one of my favorite things to do is our publication carolina's green so there's always that little brief section in the back where each current president of their local submits a little write-up of sort of what's been going on that's one of my favorite things to look at and and read across is to kind of see what's going on all across both states oh yeah and it's it's great because you know maybe the maybe the guys in the mountains are having a golf event guys down in greenville are having a par three skins game and the guys on the coast are are fishing i mean it's pretty diverse yep you know well that's the good thing because as president uh you know we're going to challenge you and i to get the truck and make a few of those meetings and so maybe what we should do is schedule it around the bowling tournaments and the uh the durham bulls game during the summer and the uh the fishing tournament down on the coast instead of playing golf at all of them. Yeah, I really should and take a selfie at every single one. And by the end of the year, you'd have all this an adventure laid out. So. Oh, nice. Where's Selfies. T, where, where's TK and MW today? TK and MW on the prowl, looking out, coming to you live in the Carolinas. All right, to switch gears a little bit from the Carolinas back to Matthew. Oh, yeah. Matthew. Something I learned at uh, Dunes Club when we got to play golf together was hickory golf. It's a passion of yours. You mind informing our listeners about your hickory golf? Well, uh, thank you for asking. Um, it's funny. I kind of fell into it totally by accident. Um, like a lot of guys in the business, I, I think most of us probably have a golf club on our on our utility vehicle somewhere, and I do as well. Um, but mine is not a true club per se. It's a training aid called the Tour Striker, um, and I have been known to, on occasion, to play an entire golf hole or, or more with just that one club and so it's one thing to take a full shot from the tee and then you know you take another full shot from wherever that ball lands but the next thing you know you're somewhere between 60 and 80 yards out and you're trying to manufacture how to get this ball onto the green and, and of course you know Carolina Golf Club being an old 1929 Don Ross design and classic architecture sort of encouraging a ground game it kind of was born out of that I'd I'd pull off a shot and it was kind of fun but the way it transitioned to hickory was total by accident Um, I'm at home one morning was watching morning drive Um, Charlie Reimer who ironically I just heard he's he's left morning drive yeah and he's relocating to Myrtle Beach and he's going to be doing something to help promote tourism in, in the Myrtle Beach area, but I digress. But he was interviewing Tad Moore. And Tad is a maker of Hickory Golf Clubs. And they did this little five-minute segment, and they talked about how um, Sandy Lyle, a former uh, Open and Masters champion, yeah. had won the World Hickory Open Championship playing these clubs that Tad had made. And so it kind of 
piqued my interest. And when the segment ended, I just grabbed my iPad and went and pulled up the website and was just like, wow, man, these things are, they're pretty. They're, they're almost like, they're almost like too pretty to hit. Right. But, um, I contacted Tad through, through his website. Two days later, he called me. We talked on the phone for maybe 45 minutes. He answered all of my questions. I explained to him that I was a superintendent on an old Donald Ross design and was, was kind of interested. And he built me a set of clubs. And I've been playing with them now for three seasons. And I, you know, I don't play with them exclusively. I, I still yeah. play I still play golf with my with my modern clubs, but it's it's a unique challenge. It's a different game. Uh, I play with um, kind of a replica ball, if you will. That's yep. sort of the 1930s era. Um, but I've also been known to play with some old balladas that a that a friend sent me. Um, the ball doesn't fly as far, so you play from more forward tees. But yeah. it's still the same game. But it's just uh, it's it's just a unique challenge. How many clubs come in that set? I think my clubs have. I think I have eleven. I have eleven clubs. Wow. Yeah. Is there a hybrid in that set? Not a quote unquote hybrid. <laughs> There's a clique. But I would say the clique is more closely resembles the old five wood more so than a modern hybrid. Um. I'm sure that's a conversation starter too. If somebody sees you out there, like you know, they got to come see what you're doing. It, it has um, either that or they walk away I, and say, "Yeah, well, we've seen Matthews I, officially I, lost it." <laughs> I, uh, you know, my my wife and I took uh, a little trip to the Pinehurst area. I guess it was two summers ago. A little, just a little weekend getaway, and she didn't know it. Uh, she thought I was packing the regular clubs, and I put the hickories in the vehicle. So I played uh, mid pines and southern pines with those. That's cool. That was a lot of fun. And you just play the same set of tees with her, I bet, probably. So it was a, probably an even more enjoyable round, huh? You know, actually, I think I was still back. She played forward, and I think I played whites. But, but yeah. But, you know, the funny thing is we've played Carolina together, she and I, from the same set of tees. Now, she doesn't play hickories, does she? No, she does not. I got you. No. But, um, you know. That's pretty cool. I think, for me, I just I can't imagine. I need to slow my swing down anyways, but to transition from hickory to regular to hickory to regular during a golf season just seems to me like it would be tough. I mean, that's See, like getting up in the morning and duck hunting and then trying to shoot a deer in the afternoon with a rifle. You the know the I mean? ironic thing is I honestly think I've, I hit the ball better with my – modern clubs immediately after playing with the hickories tempo and I, yeah exactly it's a better i have a better tempo that's probably mm -hmm. true so if you have a saturday off nothing to do what you going to do what does matthew wharton do on a day off well if, since since it's this time of year um i'm going to catch a little bit extra sleep but i'm but i'm still going to wake up fairly early i'm going to fix a cup of coffee and I'm going to sit down and read because um, I typically will spend a good maybe two, two and a half, three hours up before my wife gets up on a weekend morning and I just absolutely enjoy the solitude, the peace, the quiet and I've got a collection of just roughly over a hundred books on golf, golf course architecture, turf. Wow. So I'm I'm always looking for a new book. Uh, so I'm always reading something on those mornings. Um, it's quite enjoyable. And this time of year too is since it, we are recording this in um, just before Christmas. It's right. it's winter time. So oh, I didn't think about the train. Hey man, Donald Ross. What better way to signify <laughs> I it? Forgot about old Donald Ross golf course here in the south, and we got a train running I'm, through. I'm golf so course. worried about my squeaky chair, and I forgot all about the crossing right uh, outside the shop. I sure hope you listeners out there can hear this right now. I think they definitely. I heard. I picked it up on the headphones there. But the first um, I got a train but, story real quick. But no, go ahead. But no. Uh, but no, but but yeah. So uh, you know, this time of year in particular, I I, I do a lot of reading, and 
fact, I mean, any fiction are all golf course architecture kind of studying your uh, environment. I mean, I do read some fiction, uh, but, you know, it's funny because I, I typically do read mostly golf. Right. That, But that's just where my passion is. Yeah. And then, you know, and if, there's, if the television is on, believe it or not, it's probably on a pr- Premier League match. Really? Yes. Soccer man. Yeah. I, I just guessed. I've heard of Premier League. That's about as much as I know about soccer. He's a closet Scott, in case you didn't know. Like, he really wants to be from over the pond, I think. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. Well, let's hear your train story before we get into these rapid questions. Oh, so the first time I ever got to play golf with a pair of certified golf course superintendent master greenskeepers at the same time um, was with Matthew Wharton and Brian Steeler down at Camden Country Club, Danny Allen's place, down by where you live. Yep. And uh, we are up on uh, – Let's see here. I think it's 12T, the par three. And we've hit our tee balls. We're up on the green. I'm getting ready to putt. And the train starts coming by. And Matthew and Brian are train junkies to their own regards for their own reasons. Um, And we won't get into that today. But I'm about to putt for birdie. And I look up, and one of them is running down the hill with their camera out. And the other one has hopped in the (laughs) golf cart to go down there and confront this train. And the most important thing at the time is not my birdie putt, but it is photographing this train coming through Camden down the middle of the golf course. Well, it's funny because I did not know that. So Brian is a a train enthusiast, a rail fan, as we call it. And he's into model railroading, which, you know, I was into that a little bit growing up, but you don't have me, a basement full. I don't know. I don't. That's something and, I want to get into. But the thing is, is uh, I've, I've got a I've got a friend from childhood that's got a big time set up in his basement back home in Virginia. But my grandfather worked for the railroad, and my so did my uncle. My uncle was an engineer. My grandfather was what they called a carpet. So I grew up with it, and then when my buddy. Greg was such a big rail fan. When we were teenagers, you know, we would just we would drive around to do just what you witnessed Brian and I do, which was <laughs> we called chasing it, trains. We called it yeah, we called it train chasing. But uh, you know, it, it's funny. I'm I'm so I'm decades removed from my, from my train chasing days. But the Norfolk Southern Main Line is literally just. I mean, how many yards is that, Tim, from here to your truck? Not a hundred. Exactly. Well, no, it's probably 15, 20 feet max from your truck to that where that train just went. So, down. yeah, it's all day, every day, right here by the shop. The tracks run right up parallel to the seventh hole. And I always say there's just something about a train next to a golf course. That's, oh, yeah. So if you've ever played Southern Pines, the CSX line runs right beside the second green. Um, you know, the, the tracks run through the golf course at Camden. Well, I mean yeah. – Ross followed the rail, right? Exactly. On a lot of them. So, yeah. I mean, that's where they all fell. But anyhow. That's true. I yeah. never – Camden is the only Ross I've ever stepped on before today. I really haven't been on the golf course, but that is interesting that the train, you know. It's the only 18-hole Ross in South Carolina, too, that they can prove. Correct. So now that you've been exposed to North Carolina, you'll see there's 40-something, I think, in North Carolina. Here I come. Yeah, it's great. And they're all over. They're from Asheville all the way to Wilmington, right? Oh, yeah. It's neat. It's not just contained maybe, to one area. Maybe I'll do a selfie at every Ross course. We've got, we've oh, got wow. three now, right here in Charlotte. That would be a cool series. We've got three right here in Charlotte. Do you Where are the other ones? Charlotte Country Club and Myers Park Country Club. Oh, that's right. Okay, mm-hmm. Myers Park. Yeah. All right, Tim, feel free to jump in with any rapid-fire questions you may have, but this is just a few, and then we're going to end on one particular. Twitter or Instagram? Twitter. Peanut butter or jelly? Who's the hero? Peanut butter. What's your favorite golf major? The Masters. What's your favorite golf movie? Caddyshack. Do you play Fortnite? No. Do you know what that is? Yes. Okay. If I got in your car, what music would be playing right now? Classic Rewind. On Sirius XM. Beautiful. And uh, what podcast would be on? Killing Weeds. Pulling Weeds. Pulling Weeds. (laughs) Killing Weeds. I will say I did listen to the GCSAA podcast, the episode three on the ride up here. Great story uh, about Leroy Powell, who's your uh, old Tom Morris winner this year, and his family. The family, yeah. And then uh, something I didn't know about, your uh, assistant certification program. 
New, yeah, yeah, coming out this year or this past cool. year, I think it launched. All right, so the question we're going to end on: Why do we punch holes in the greens? Why do you mess them up? To irritate golfers? No, I'm just, I'm just messing with. <laughs> See, you. that's the angry superintendent. Uh, okay, look, answer. we're trying to get golfers to listen to this, Matthew. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> brief, messing with you. brief agronomic reason that the everyday golfer would say, "Oh, okay, I can put up with that." Well, now, first and foremost, my wife, aka Mrs. Greenkeeper, will tell you that. I'm not known for short answers. So what I'm going to tell you is it depends, okay? Because we might be punching a hole in the green, as you say, to alleviate compaction by removing a core. Will those be the bigger or the smaller holes? Bigger holes. Okay. We might be poking a very tiny hole with, say, like a, a, a slender needle tine, or what some of us would refer to as a venting, just to kind of promote gas exchange. But that also helps break the surface tension, helps get, uh, helps with water infiltration. So there's a myriad of reasons. I mean, you know, do we want to uh, improve water infiltration, promote gas exchange, uh, alleviate compaction, removal of thatch? And when you get the water moving incorporate through, incorporate nutrients, incorporate amendments. Yeah. And, uh, if we didn't do that, what would happen to the green structure? Over, if you didn't, over time it would slowly start to suffocate you know at the end of the day it would overgrow itself based well, on heights at, at the end of the day uh, roots everyone thinks roots grow in soil they do but the actual root itself grows in air in pore space because your soil structure is such that you've got all these little soil particles touching each other but there's these little voids these little pockets and that's where the roots go they go in the pockets so if you, if, you never, if you never poke a hole, if you never alleviate compaction, et cetera, all those pockets get eliminated. You're smushing there's, it. There's no, there's no place for the roots to grow. I love learning stuff. That was day. the aha moment for me, too, yep. Yep. that they run through. The, that's why them damn things will grow in your driveway or on the side of your house or in your gutter or whatever. Because mm -hmm. those, those, those damn particles are flying. And so when you see those guys on Twitter that, that post the photo of the root coming out of the bottom of the cup cutter, odds are they've probably at one point in time or another done like a deep tine or like a vertidrain type operation, which is like a solid tine that can go 10, 11, 12 inches deep. Wow. And that root has found that void and shot down. Man, I think we've got it covered, Tim. Is there anything we need to wrap up with Mr. Wharton before we let him get back to business and go have his lunch with his Greens Committee Chairman? I'll ask him with one more tough one before we wrap up since, okay. since we're Carolina strong here and we've come off a really challenging 2018 agronomically. Um, had a great year though as an association. With you being the president this year, what do you want to hang your hat on? Jeez, man, you had to you had to lay that trip on me right here at the end, Tim. We were doing I mean, so well. You, I, you had the opportunity um, to sound so intelligent with your porous structures finding holes. So, <laughs> You know, it's funny. You and I have had this conversation before. <laughs> and I told you up front a long time ago, I, I'm, still, I'm still searching for that answer. Uh, I'm still searching for that answer. But I will say this. I am excited about rounds for research this year because I have you know I've been very passionate about that just as you are you and I have served together on the GCSAA's rounds for research task group and we've continued to lead and I've turned over the keys if you will to Chuck Conley and I'm just really excited to watch Chuck take the reins and uh, he knows his goal is $60,001 nice <laughs> which those are already rolling in what you told me yesterday yeah the good thing is with the donation program like that is you can sign up for multiple years and so as soon as the auction is closed in 18 if you've signed up for 19 or 20 then they post immediately onto the following year's auction and we as a committee will get together right after the first of the year and start drilling down and try and get the top 100 courses in each state to donate and anybody else who's got the ability to you know we'll implore all the club managers and owners and professionals around the state and 
get a big group effort and move mm-hmm. on from there. I mean, that's get that goal he's talking well, about. Well, that's the amazing thing is if you look back over the last three years, I mean, we were just a few dollars shy of 45000 uh, three years ago. And then two years ago, we hit 50. And then last year, we hit 60. So we've got this tremendous trend, but we're still just at the tip of the iceberg, if you will, for with regards to participation here in the Carolinas. Yeah. So. I mean, if we could even hit 50%, it'd be, we'd double that. Yeah. Easy. Well, Matthew, thank you. I've uh, enjoyed getting to know you more again, and hopefully our listeners will enjoy this. And if you need him, he's your president. Well, thank you, Alan. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you, Tim. I appreciate you guys coming all the way up here. And uh, happy to have you. You're welcome back anytime. And yes, by all means, I mean, I'm I'm your president. So if you've got an idea, I'd love to hear it. Uh, you know, call I'm me. Here to su- I'm here to serve you guys. So yeah. anything you need, call the office, call my cell phone. It's listed on there. Yeah. Um, if you need Alan, good luck finding him. He yeah. didn't go to work till the first of the year, but we are proud to have Alan on board. Um, we're going to make a great, great partnership with him moving forward with uh, 421 Media. And um, just can't thank you enough for your time, Matthew, especially opening up the doors to a Donald Ross place like this. You can get me any day to come to a Donald Ross course. Yep. I'll need that gate code, though, to get in here next time. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Matthew Wharton, for the time and the interview and having us up at the Carolina Golf Club to do this. And uh, we actually probably kept him a little bit late for his lunch meeting with his Greens Committee chairman. But how are we going to finish this thing? It's our first one. I don't know how to finish it. Well, let's – tell everybody out there who might not be familiar with the Carolinas as we refer to ourselves the Carolinas here locally as the Carolina Superintendent Association who we are um, we're a band of 1800 golf course superintendents and vendors and anybody who sells inputs to the game covering uh, North and South Carolina and we provide continuing education promote the image of the golf course superintendent and provide money for turf grass research All right. Well, everything he said and hit us up on Facebook. Thank you for listening. We'll be out pulling the weeds until we hear from you again. Thank you for listening to Pulling Weeds brought to you by Simplot. Please follow us on Facebook at Pulling Weeds Podcast. Keep up with all your association news and events at carolinasgcsa.org.